Welcome to this episode of the Medical Affairs Professional Society podcast series, Elevate, gathering the voices of medical affairs thought leaders and stakeholders to explore current trends, define best practices, and empower the medical affairs function. I'm your host, Garth Sundam, Communications Director at MAPS, and today we're speaking about natural language processing with Howell Evans, Director of the IQVIA Natural Language Processing Insights Hub with a mission to discover previously unseen insights, drive smarter decisions, and unleash new opportunities. So how first, I love the term insights hub. Uh, can you tell us a little about it and what is your role there? Absolutely. Hi, Gath, and uh, thanks for having me today. Um, yes. <laughs> so um, yes, no, the insights hub um, really is all about uh, pulling together uh, information and insights from uh, rich but often difficult to deal with data sources. Um, and so my role uh, uh, within the Insights Hub um, is to, to drive the functionality as well as um, uh, work with our customers and, and our clients on how to use this technology best to help their teams. Um, so it's things like taking the outputs from natural language processing rather than uh, uh, the, the sort of underlying technology, taking those outputs, which is really the most important part, um, and putting those into the hands of different teams um, and uh, within medical affairs specifically, of course, to help them cut through uh, that noisy world of unstructured data and turn that into actionable insights. Well, so how is your background? Is it data science or is it on the business side of things? What, what is your background? Um, it's a bit of both, actually. Yeah, I uh, originally started out in data um, and data science uh, and analytics. Um, but I've also had roles in and around um, consulting and working with different groups around uh, uh, using uh, the outputs from data to do things like change strategy, um, uh, develop new processes, things like that. Um, and uh, prior to, 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 to coming on to the Insights Hub role, um, I was part of IQVIA's business in Asia PAC. Um, I'm, I'm currently based in London, but I was previously based in Singapore, uh, where I led our uh, analytics center of excellence there and uh, did various sort of digital initiatives as well. Um, but, but I've always worked in and around um, data uh, and the application of um, different technologies and, and analytical methods um, to that data. Okay, so, you know, in terms of insights, I, I think the medical affairs function thinks about MSLs bringing insights back from the field, you know, and so th this is sort of like a human applying their lens to what an insight might be. What are the data sources you're working with? Are we still talking about MSLs generating the data of insights? Or are we talking about totally new sources of data? Mm. Um, I think there's uh, essentially a need to do both refocus on core data sources that are um, you know, with us and will be with us uh, for the foreseeable future, things like the information from MSL discussions and interactions, mm -hmm. um, but also looking more broadly and bringing in um, additional insights from the wealth of data sources available uh, out in the wild, as it were. Um, and so we, we, we have a lot of um, sort of effort placed on things like scientific literature um, and uh, you know, both uh, established sources as well as um, kind of emerging sources around things like preprints. Um, yeah. And then we, we talk a little bit about um, you know, additional sources from things like social media um, and, and, and isolating key 
um, data points uh, from sources that are really quite hard to uh, navigate, um, you know, at first attempt. And so um, there's an opportunity to apply this type of technology across quite different sources, uh, uh, but all, all with the aim of bringing together um, a coherent set of insights in and around, let's say, a therapy area, um, uh, and really empowering people like MSLs uh, to do more with that data. Well, that, that's interesting that you could apply the same uh, methodology to something like a scientific journal and also to Twitter. <laughs> you know, how in the world does that work? You know, are, are, are you mm-hmm. looking for the same kinds of, I don't even know how this works. Is it keywords or, or how, how does mm-hmm. natural language processing work with scientific journals and with social media? So I, the, the key part about natural language processing is it's really looking at uh, sentence-based information um, or, or, or information that's presented as um, words assembled usually by people. So whether it's people authoring scientific information in a somewhat more formal style, or whether it's a patient talking to another patient uh, on a forum, for example, sharing some of their experiences, maybe some of their challenges um, in managing a disease, perhaps. Um, all of that information is presented as sentences, sometimes short and to the point, other times long form um, within a, a, a document. Um, the key to natural language processing is the ability to cut up those sentences um, and make associations between different parts of those sentences, as well as identify um, terminology. Uh, uh, as you said, sometimes it can be as simple as perhaps a keyword, um, but often it's more um, uh, looking at things like synonyms, uh, for concepts, uh, because of the you know the variety, as you rightly point out, the variety of ways that um, the same thing can be written or in different styles, uh, whether it's more formal or it's more uh, informal styles of writing. Um, natural language processing can be configured in different ways uh, to, have to uh, adapt to those different um, authors um, as well as those authors' styles. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you're doing this and not me is what I got from that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so most of your clients at Acuvia, are they trying to build mm. insights around a disease landscape or around their product or around their organization? What sort of insights mm-hmm. do you see clients looking for? Um, I think, yeah, of, of course, a lot of our customers are um, organized around or focused around therapy areas and and tend to have products then associated with those therapy areas. So um, the therapy and or product sort of lens is a very, very common one, absolutely. Um, However, we do see other cases where um, an organization might be looking at um, an inherited database of documents. So if, for example, you acquire an asset as part of a, a commercial um, uh, endeavor, uh, you acquire an asset and all the different documents, regulatory and, and uh, scientific, as well as uh, marketing and various other documents that will have come with that asset. Um, you may want to mine that as a whole corpus um, and really get under the skin of um, what do you have? Um, what are the key, uh, uh, key artifacts? Um, what can be perhaps ignored uh, uh, as noise, etc. cetera. So um, really depends on the team involved, um, what they're trying to achieve. Um, and we would um, usually start by framing that problem, as it were, with our customers um, in order to really understand where is NLP going to be useful and valuable um, in, in where it's applied. That's interesting. So if you've grown up with a new product through your own R&D and, and uh, mm. your own strategic planning, maybe you know a bit about the landscape. But if you've inherited mm. a product, maybe you don't know that landscape and, right. and you have to generate it anew. 
Uh, mm. So, so I, I, I hear a lot of people talking about the pace of change right now in medical affairs. Mm-hmm. And it does mm-hmm. seem like insights is, is uh, top of the list of pace of change. You know, do you see current trends in medical affairs driving the need for natural language processing? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think um, one area of change is certainly the demand for strategic input. So being able to put medical information and insights from the field, um, insights from real world evidence, being able to put those um, uh, data points and the conclusions and the insights drawn from those data points into a strategic context and, and play that role of the, um, uh, that medical voice within the strategic discussion of the wider organization. So you know, there's a need to elevate um, uh, the conversation and bring that expertise in um, to that strategic conversation across the organization. And, and natural language processing can be a provider of those additional data points or those contextual data points for those types of discussions. Um, and then at the more working level, the day-to-day level, um, certainly expectations are increasing um, around the ability of um, uh, Medifairs professionals, MSLs, to, to really be on top of what's happening in the market. And so arming those individuals with the most up-to-date information mm-hmm. um, and, and allowing them to kind of cast their eyes further uh, and outside of the kind of you know, normal sources of information to get that extra piece of information um, uh, is, is, is challenging. And so technology can be a way to enable and empower those people um, to be better informed without giving them you know, a ton more work to do. Um, uh, and, and really that's, you know, there, there is always a sort of efficiency as well as kind of richness um, benefits to applying these types of technologies. You're always looking to make life easier and better as it were. Um, you know, you're not just adding complexity and more and more data. Um, you're trying to be selective about adding that data in so that you can then, um, you know, add it in without burdening those individuals um, and give them that much richer sort of data set to work from. Well, you know, I hear a lot about the developing strategic role of medical affairs, and you bring that up in the context of insights. Uh, and it seems like well, one thing I've heard from our members is that uh, it's been possible for a long time to generate a significant amount, number of insights, but then it's difficult to decide how those insights should drive strategic actions. So once you have natural language processing and it, and it gives you, uh, uh, I imagine, a menu of insights, what do you do with those? How do you prioritize those? How do you understand them? How do you use them to drive strategic action? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, two things um, spring to mind, especially around um, uh, prioritization. And I think you know, the ability to prioritize key data points um, will partly come, of course, from the expertise of medical affairs professionals themselves. You know, there is at, at no point do we um, you know, talk about uh, you know, technology kind of stepping in and replacing um, you know, the, the, the role or the activity of um, professionals in this space. This is all about um, giving those, those same professionals um, uh, better tools, sharper tools, if you will, if you will um, to do um, to do what they do today in a more efficient and a richer manner. Um, and, and so the, one of the ways that you can kind of decide on um, the focus areas of insights and where, where, to, um, where to prioritize 
um, is to really understand the context in which um, some of these insights are, are generated. And so knowing what's happening with patients, knowing what's happening with your competitors or competitive products or alternative therapies, um, knowing what's happening um, uh, by geographic market, um, you know, these are all important pieces that can then lead you to um, you know, the right set of priority insights for a strategic conversation. Um, so, you know, yeah. Well, so natural language processing can provide the insights and then the humans involved in this provide the context. Is that still the, that's the case? Uh, Part of the context and, and, as well, and, and are able to then um, feed back into this type of technology their own priorities. And so the way we assemble our insights hubs um, is in, a, in, a, in a, a workflow manner. So we would start with what is the background or core information that somebody needs? What is the um, backdrop against which they're, they're operating? So um, uh, what are the latest publications happening? Um, what are the key themes or topics of conversations that patients are having? What are key th um, themes and topics that HCPs are talking about? Mm -hmm. um, what does that look like and how is that changing over time? Um, and then giving the user the ability to then drill down underneath those um, you know, summary pieces of information so that they can really understand how are things changing? What don't we know? Um, or what are other people talking about that we need to be talking about? Um, and so really helping um, individuals to cut through that noise in, in a way that is aligned to their thinking and aligned to their workflows uh, is really important. And so we, we co-create our insights hubs with our customers. They're not prescriptive things. Um, they're, 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 they're an application of technology where we would work with um, uh, different teams to make sure that we're understanding how they think about their therapy area or their um, key priority analyses. Uh, how do they think about it? What is the sequence of insight that they need uh, from a high-level summary right down to, um, to very detailed um, pieces of information extracted from the data? Um, what do they need and how do we assemble the insights hub so that they can intuitively get that information out? Um, so that's a really, really important part of um, this process, if you will, is to understand um, how people work today, um, what are the extra pieces of information and insight that they need, um, and how can that be presented uh, without burdening that, uh, that team um, uh, in any way. You know, it's such a, I mean, obviously it's such a technology-based system, but what you're mm -hmm. talking about is designing around people, you know, making, making it intuitive uh, so, so that you have you know, a tool that is not just a tool, but it's a tool that provides value. So where, where do you see this going? You know, what, what is on the horizon for natural language processing? Um, I think, uh, you know, the, the, one of the key kind of data points that we look at is, um, is data generation. You know, where is, where is information being created? How much of it is being created? Um, and so, you know, a lot of organizations and a lot of different technologies talk to the ability to deal with that deluge, that, that increase in, in information. Um, as far as natural language um, is concerned, it, it of course um, needs to focus on um, you know, information that is, as I said at the beginning of the conversation, um, created by people, so authored as it were. Um, and so sources like um, uh, you know, the ever-growing um, amount of uh, literature and science being generated um, and looking at things like preprints to get, a, to get hold of that information as quickly as possible um, is one area. Um, certainly in terms of patient forums and social media, um, we see that being an ever-growing data source as well. Um, and so, uh, you know, those two are important, but, you know, stretching a bit beyond that, 
machine-human interactions are continuously evolving and changing. We, we're all familiar with chatbots and voice bots, for example, when it comes to things like consumer experiences. So if you're booking a flight or you're seeking support um, for, you know, for, for, for a, a broken appliance or something like that, um, it's very common to be um, faced with a chatbot or an, or an automated interaction, at least, at least to begin with. Um, in, 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 in medical affairs, um, uh, in life science, in healthcare, uh, it's much, much harder to do that at scale. Um, these are much more complex topics and, and it's a much more human interaction. So um, you know, over time, I think tools like natural language processing will be embedded within um, some of these interaction systems. Uh, again, maybe not replacing that human interaction, but augmenting it or helping those uh, individuals involved um, to, uh, uh, to be better understood um, or to get the right information um, and for what they're asking for to be fed quickly into processes where um, uh, you know, they can be acted upon. If, if, if patients, for example, are confused by something uh, and they want more information, um, you know, that's a vital piece of data that needs to be fed into um, processes that will you know, close that gap, that will create um, uh, better materials for patients uh, or better communications, um, better guidance through HCPs, et cetera. Um, so I think you know, looking to the future, um, it's a it's a really important cog um, within many many processes. I think. Well, so better understanding of of human systems, you know, of mm -hmm. authored material. You say so, mm -hmm. uh, and and almost becoming uh, more human in its ability to understand, you know, meaning and you know in this ever expanding data world that we live in. So absolutely, absolutely. Let's leave it at that. Thanks, Howell, for joining <laughs> us today. I, you know, it's a fascinating overview in a world that, that I don't know anything about and would like to know more. So uh, to learn more about how your organization can partner with IQVIA to look inside language for actionable insights, visit IQVIA.com. That's I-Q-V-I-A.com. MAPS members, uh, you can continue the conversation at the MAPS Connect app. And don't forget to subscribe. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Medical Affairs Professional Society podcast series, Elevate.